Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I felt like the Lord wanted me to share a little portion of this book that I'm reading. <laughs> Always reading a book. And um, it's a wonderful book for anyone interested. It's called The Broken Way by Anne Voskamp. And um, in, this, in the story of her life, one of the things that happens to her is, um, I won't tell the whole story because so you could read it and hear it for the first time, but as a family, they go through a crisis, a really, really bad crisis, and it causes her mom to lose her mind, to have to be put in mental institutions because she couldn't cope with the crisis that happened in their family. And so it was, it was a rough life. It wasn't easy. And many times they would have to take their mom to the psych ward to help her make it through, to get her help. And uh, so she describes going to church, and she describes how one time when she was in church as a, as a young person, a teenager, the pastor made a joke, and he said something about, oh, there was a time I live next to the loony bin. And as a teenager, her heart just sunk. She was so embarrassed because here she was growing up in this family that was so broken, so heartbroken. And they had to put their mom in the hospital to help her to make it through. And when the pastor said, that he made a joke and said he he lived next to some people or he lived next to the loony bin she she put her head down and she looked at the floor and she wanted to crawl under the chair and she thought everyone was looking at her and there was something inside her that just wanted to scream out and say that Jesus came for the broken Jesus came for the sick and as a young girl, it was very hard for her to process, but God brought her through. And, and this book is the story of her life and of what God has shown her about brokenness, about pain and suffering and the grace of God. And when I think about communion, I think about the grace of God. I think about how it says in the word, he could have called 10,000 angels. That's a scripture. I always thought that was a song, but it's a scripture. <laughs> he could have called 10,000 angels. But like we sang this morning, he, he remembered us. He, he loved us. He loved his creation right up to this very day. 
and every person, and he gave himself for us, for our brokenness. His grace is greater than anything we can go through, and he will bring us through. So I wanted to share this little paragraph that she wrote. I thought it was pretty touching. She says, is there a grace that can bury the fear that your faith isn't big enough and your faults are too many? Have you ever felt like that? That your faith wasn't big enough? Or you had too many problems, too many faults? A grace that washes your dirty wounds and wounds the devil's lies. A grace that embraces you before you prove anything. You don't have to prove anything to God. You don't have to stand before God and say, you know, I've done this and this, now you can forgive me. No, it's before we can prove anything, his grace comes upon us. A grace that holds you when everything is breaking down and falling apart and whispers that everything is somehow breaking and falling together. Did you hear that? I'll read it again. (laughs) A grace that holds you when everything is breaking down and falling apart. I want you to remember that because we're blessed. We are blessed people. And we have blessed families. and And we've gone through a lot as a family. As a family and as a family of God. We've been through a lot of crisis. We've been through a lot of things. But right now, it just we feel the blessing. We feel the blessing of God. But one thing the Lord keeps speaking to me is to bring the warning to his people. The enemy is rising up. He is going to rise up. This is the time we're in. It's the end times. But the Bible says that the people of God will rise up. At the same time, his anointing will come upon us to, what's the song? Overcome, right? But the time can come, the time can come when everything may feel like it's breaking down or falling apart. But the Holy Spirit will whisper to us, that everything is actually somehow breaking free and falling together. Because when you belong to Jesus, Ephraim, when you belong to Jesus, nothing can happen to you that he doesn't know about. And when you trust him, when you look to him, Everything that happens in your life, he will work out for good. Everything. Even if it feels like it's falling apart, or it's a crisis, or it's sad, or it's broken. 
And she says this, shame is a bully, but grace is a shield. Did you hear that? Let's say it together. Shame is a bully, but grace is a shield. Wow, Grace, do you feel special that we're talking about you all morning? Shame is a bully, but grace is a shield. God's grace is a shield for us. And you are safe here. You are safe here in his home, his house, his home, where his people gather. Where you are with him, you are safe. And it, all I could think about, and actually this whole book is all about communion. It's amazing. But the thing is, is when Jesus went to the disciples and he went to the Last Supper, right? And it's exactly what he was saying to them. He was basically saying to them, look, it's going to look like everything's falling apart right? Because he knew he was going to be the sacrificed lamb when they thought he was going to be put on a throne and would have a king's crown and he was going to have the kingdom. But what did he do? He went and he was beaten and he was bruised and he was tortured until you couldn't even recognize him and he knew and he said to the disciples look it's gonna feel like everything has fallen apart he knew what they were gonna feel because he knows us he knows everything about us and he knew what those disciples were gonna feel and he knew that there's times that we feel like that when we say, Jesus, where are you? Where are you? Everything's falling apart around me. Where are you, Lord? And, and there's going to come times in everyone's life that's going to happen. But just like he said to the disciples that day, that evening when they had supper together, he said, do this, do this, do this in remembrance of me. In remembrance of everything I've taught you, in remembrance of everything you have felt around me, in remembrance of the anointing that I put upon you. Remember this, remember this when things feel like they're falling apart. Remember this. And when Jesus went to the cross and he hung on the cross and his disciples departed, they went away. There was one disciple, right, that stayed, John, with Mary. But they went away because they were like, what has happened? And they had to process it. And we have to process it. And one of the ways we process it is to remember him. And one of the ways we remember him is through what? Holy communion. 
and it can feel like it's a silly little plastic cup with a silly little wafer, and it can look like you buy it at the Christian bookstore or online, and it's just a thing, right? That's what it looks like, but it's not. Because as you take this in your hands, as you take this in your hands, and you look to your Savior, and you partake with him today, because guess what, guys? He's here. He is here. He is not only here, he is in you. He is in you. His spirit is in you if you know him, if you've received him. And even if you haven't, he is still in you, calling to you, saying, I'm here for you. Receive me. Receive my salvation. Come to me, my child. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, remember me when things look broken, when you feel broken. When your friend is broken, when your family's broken, when there's pain, when there's fear, when there's sorrow, maybe when there's no food, maybe when there's no electricity and you can't play games. <laughs> you know, it, we just have to remember this, and I think God is saying it so much. The grace of God. The grace of God is there to get us through when things look like they're falling apart. And he promises us that they will fall together if we trust him. So as we take communion this morning, I think that's his message to us. No matter what things look like, disciples, no matter what they look like, no matter what they feel like, they can feel so painful, they can feel so sorrowful. You could be breaking down like it's your last breath. You could be sick in a hospital, you could be so many things. Guys, Jesus is saying it's not falling apart. Trust me, and it will fall together. And so we are going to partake this morning together of the blood and the body of Jesus. As we partake, we do it in remembrance of you, Jesus, of what you've done already for us on the cross, what you've done for the times that we may go through where we feel like we're falling apart. And I'm going to challenge everyone this morning. I'm going to challenge you. If you're sick, if you're struggling with a sickness or a disease, every day, every time you think of it, every time you feel pain, every time you can't walk or you are in agony, you get out your communion, you get out your bread, and you get out your juice, you get out, and even if you don't have it, you just go through the motion. He'll provide it supernaturally if you can't get your hands on juice and the bread. 
But you go through that process that he told us to go through when he said in Luke 22, right? What we read every week. Take this and divide it among you. Okay? That's what he said. And, and again, it goes to the gathering. It goes to the gathering of the people of God, whether it's in church or in your home or even if you're alone, he's with you. And by his spirit, he will gather you in. But we're going to take this and we're going to go to verse 19. It says, and he took the bread and he gave thanks. Let's hold it up. Lord, your body, we give thanks for your body. We give thanks for this bread. We give thanks that you were broken for our brokenness and for our healing. Let's break it together and partake. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, this is my body. This is my body given for you, given for you. By your Holy Spirit, we pray for a revelation of your communion to us, Lord. Your body given for us. Do this in remembrance. Remember that when it feels like it's falling apart, through Jesus, it's falling together. We have to remember that. And he took the wine, he took the cup of wine, and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. And I'm going to tell you something really quick. The new covenant in his blood, Chris and I were talking this week, that, and I, I said, I think that in the New Testament, when Jesus gives us authority over the enemy, you know the scripture where he says, I give you all authority over the enemy? That's the new covenant. That's part of it. So this is what the blood does. It gives us power and authority over the enemy. That's one of the things of the miracle of the blood of Jesus. It has done so much. He completed everything we need when he went to the cross and shed his blood. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It gives you authority, which is poured out for you. And I will go back to verse 16. And I will read, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for your blood that was shed on Calvary's tree for us. We thank you that you gave us the message of the Holy Communion. We thank you, God, that everything you did had a purpose. Everything you did has a plan, and it was for us, and that plan is good.
And as we partake together, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. We thank you for redemption. We thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us by your blood. Let us partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise you for all that you are and all that you are doing. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for your blessing and your anointing. Thank you for the blood that cleanses us, Lord, from all sin. Lord, praise you. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you for your body, for our healing. We receive healing this morning, and we pray healing over those who need healing, God, over their broken bodies, their broken minds, their broken spirits. You, you gave your life for all of that, that we would be healed in Jesus' name. And we praise you and thank you together. Help us as a body to go out, to go forth, to go and tell everyone we know what you have done. And give us the power and the anointing, Lord, to just spread the love of Jesus wherever we go. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ is Lord. Go tell thy mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Ooh, my wife has messed up my pages. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. She could do no wrong. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. It's over there, buddy. Unless Grandma's is down here. Right here. Grace, would you like to come on down? It's time to take up an offering. All right. Thank you. Since you're so popular this morning. <laughs> Father, we just thank you and we praise you for all the tithes and offerings that you are bringing into this house. We thank you, Lord God, that you are large and in charge and that you know everything, Lord God, and you know the blessings you have for us that are stored up in heaven for us. And Lord, we give unto you cheerfully. We give to you with um, just gladness and joy. Lord God, knowing that we cannot outgive you and knowing that, Lord God, that you store all these things up and that you look down from heaven and you say all these things that we do each day. And I just praise you and thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your financial blessings. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your hands that are upon us and that your hands that are upon us here today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Happy Mother's Day. That's right. My wife surpasses them all. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read to you Proverbs 31. It's probably the most read scripture on Mother's Day than any other scripture in history. It's tradition. We must keep in line with tradition. Tradition. All right. The wife of noble character. Who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no worries, no fear, for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple, her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works Bring her peace at the city gates. Amen? Amen. We have been blessed. I have been blessed as a family to have four daughters, each one unique in its own way, and each one loved deeply. All of them have children of their own. All of them know the Lord, 
and are all great mothers and wives and children to me and to my wife and God. Because we are all called children of God, amen? Who believe. Let me clarify that. We're all called children of God who believe. But let me tell you that Proverbs 22.6 is so inspired by God. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, there might have been some times in our marriage on raising our daughters that were rough. <laughs> Just a few of them. But as we train up our children, we were training them and placing them and laying a solid foundation for them. For their lives, for their future, and for their children and their children's children. By training them up in the way of the Lord. Because all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. One of the things that we're blessed with is that all of our kids know the Lord. They might not walk perfect Christian lives like none of us here can walk a perfect Christian life because we're not Jesus. But when times get rough, we have a perfect solid foundation to stand on, to grasp hold of. A foundation that will last a lifetime, and not just our lifetime, but beyond. A foundation for our grandkids. We're laying a foundation for our children's children. And it all starts with the parents. My wife wouldn't be that Proverb 31's woman if it wasn't for her mother who laid the foundation for her. Who, carried, who cared for her, who taught her to love and to show love, who taught her to work and be respectful and taught her the word of God and how to stand in the face of adversity and to be strong. All of these traits get carried down the family line. You teach them to your children. They teach them to their children's children and so forth. That is a legacy. And that is wisdom. Amen? That is a legacy that you can build on. That is equipping your kids. And placing them on solid ground. That is teaching them what is right and what is wrong. Every day that you interact with your children, do you know that they are learning from you? They are watching you. They are listening to you. They are hearing your words. 
I wrote down here as a question. So what are you teaching them? Are you teaching them things that will last? Are you teaching them the things that will last? The things that matter the most. The things that will matter in their lives. That will make a difference. So that when adversity comes, they too will be able to stand and go through it. And get through it. Think about it. What are you teaching your children? What are you teaching your grandchildren? What are they hearing from your mouth and seeing from your actions? It makes a huge difference in a child's life. Mothers and fathers, they play a huge role on how their kids will live. Psalms 127.3 says, say, says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward from Him. Children are a heritage. Do you know a heritage is an inheritance? That it may be passed down and passed down and passed down on to your children's children. And children, what does the Word of God say about you? In Exodus 20, 12, it says, Honor, <coughs> excuse me, honor your father and your mother so that you may live a long, you may live long in the land that Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that your father or God is giving you. You want to live long and prosper? Have you ever saw that? Live long and prosper. Nanu Nanu. That was Mork and Mindy, wasn't it? Or no, was it... Uh, I got two of them mixed up. I think it was Spock. Spock, live long and prosper. That was his, the Vulcan way. <laughs> you want to live, I just showed my age, Mork and Mindy. You know, that was a pretty old show back then. It was pretty funny. You want to live long and prosper, then honor your mother and your father. Be respectful. Do what you're told without grumbling. Listen to them. They have years of wisdom to impart to you. Proverbs 1, 8, 9 says this. Listen, my son, to your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland of grace. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. It is so important for us to not only honor your father and your mother, but to be respectful to them, to listen to them, because they want nothing but the best for you. We want to teach up our kids in the way of the Lord 
so in the end they will not depart from it, so that we can give them a solid foundation on which to stand. Because all other ground is seeking sand. And it's so important in this day's age and world that you have something to stand on. The Word of God is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. The Word of God will endure all things. The Word of God will never die. Will never stop. Amen? I want to close with this. I don't want to keep this too long because it is Mother's Day and I know everybody has plans. But 1 Corinthians number chapter 13, verses 4 through 7 says this. And this to me embodies what a mother is. A mother is patient. A mother is kind. A mother does not envy. A mother does not boast. A mother is not proud. A mother is not rude, is not self-seeking, or is not angered, or easily angered. She keeps no record of wrongs. Can you imagine if your mother kept records of wrongs, of all the wrongs you've ever done? Thank God a mother is forgiving. A mother does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. She always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. There is something about a mother that when you come up against her children and you, and you watch a mother protect her children, it's in, it's in her naturally. You can not only see it in humans, but you can see it in animals, too. There's something supernatural, something spiritual, that a mother will go through hell to protect her child, will endure things that normally no human being could endure. A mother can endure. And do you know, what? I, there's something I've learned this last week about a mother. When a mother gives birth to a child, you know what? When a mother gives birth to a child, there's, it's so supernatural. It's such a gift of God that, you know, when that child needs something from her mother, the mother's body gives it to her. And when that mother needs something from the child, that child gives back to her mother. Say, for example, if there's a heart issue, there's something that happens in the DNA of a child that will go to the mother's heart and help heal her heart to protect her. And it's the same with the mother to the baby. And you know not only that, but that mother imprints on that child, not just all of her DNA, but also the DNA of a child is imprinted on the mother for decades after birth. Always there. It's supernatural. It's amazing. I might not have the whole story because I'm trying to remember it. But it is supernatural and it is amazing what God has done. And you know what God has done with mothers. There's been, there have been countless, countless stories 
of what mothers have done and endured for their children. And how they've even they've given up their own lives for their children. <clears throat> A mother love never fails. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails, amen, and a mother's love is that strong, that's the love that the father put in all of us and especially put into mothers. Amen? Amen? So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, and we give you praise and honor and glory for this special Mother's Day. I thank you, Lord God, that we are blessed as a family to have so many good mothers in our homes and our families here, Lord Jesus, that have raised up their children godly, that they all know the Lord and their children know the Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that that heritage would be passed down to generation, to generation, to generation, as many generations as you have allotted us, Lord Jesus, I pray for your hands to be upon us, that you would always lead and guide our family, that you would be put first and foremost in all of our lives. And I just thank you and I just praise you for, um, for today, for all the mothers, for all the mothers that are out there that hear this. I pray that you would bless them. Lord, abundantly give them a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.